You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Justin? Okay. There we go. We're on the road to WrestleMania. It's Monday night, February 10th here, Wrestling Inc. Post-Raw Podcast. I am your host tonight, Justin LaBarbie, and joined by Wrestling Inc.'s fearless leader and owner, Raj Geary, and the Blueprint Matt Morgan. Gentlemen, how's it going? What's up? I'm good, man. It's uh, a lot going on right now. <laughs> a lot is going on. XFL kicked off uh, this past weekend. We got some numbers in for that and a pretty positive PR so far it seems on social media, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, the daughter of one of the best ever joins WWE. We'll talk about that as well. But first, let's get into Monday Night Raw. Coming from, uh, I believe, Raj, tonight from Ontario, California. Is that correct? That's correct, yeah. All right, so we uh, kick it off with the Monday Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins and his crew, uh, consisting of Murphy, Sands the Buddy, and the Authors of Pain. Um, uh, more of the Monday Night Messiah ramblings and such and preaching. Kevin Owens comes out uh, and then um, uh, notices, you know, notes he's not alone. Uh, and here comes the Viking Raiders along with Samoa Joe to even it up, and we get a uh, nice big melee amongst all eight superstars, which will set up tonight's main event of an eight-man tag. Uh, feels like we've seen it a lot before, Matt. Uh, this, this move the needle at all for you? I thought Samoa Joe was hurt. I think he was for a week or two, right, Raj? He had- yeah, he, they had the concussion protocol. That's good. Man. He, got, he got back quick then. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was okay. I mean, I'm starting to... Like Seth Rollins more in this role, though. Um, I, I thought the my biggest uh, the biggest negative for me tonight because I, I like most of the show, but I thought this is just so redundant every week. It just feels like the same thing. Uh, these same guys, they mix them up a little bit, but uh, it's the same thing. Seth Rollins' team always gets the win. I, I don't think the the faces have got a win yet, have they? Yeah. And so. I don't know. It's, it's just uh, it's Groundhog Day with this angle. They're not they're not finding things to keep it fresh or move it along, and it's been going on since the beginning of the year. So I'd like to see them come up with something to to uh, make this less redundant. And, and for me, in twenty twenty, there's no easier way to take me out of a show than to know that the that the big thing we're building to, 
that the that the main event is going to be an eight man tag. It's not a knock on having eight solid talents. It's just like it's not must see, right? You know, yeah. thirty years ago, seeing eight TV ready talents in a, in a ring together was a big deal. Today, not so much. So this this kind of this kind of hurts me overall with Raw right off the bat. Yeah, and didn't they do this match when Samoa Joe got hurt, or was yes. that something different? Or was that just Owens and Joe? Um, no, I think that they did an eight man already. Didn't they? They did a fist fight. They did yeah. the fist fight. That was with yeah. Big Show instead. So, some mild variations. Uh, fun with times. Thanks for the super chat donated donation of one ninety nine, uh, saying this feud is boring. Uh, I gotta agree. <laughs> uh, uh, Matt, here's one for you. Uh, I'll make sure to get this to you separately. Um, ben Frank since ninety three, sending a nineteen ninety nine donation. He's saying, Matt, please use this twenty dollars for someone in need within your community of Longwood. That's very nice. I appreciate that Ben Frank since '93. I unfortunately I, I I can't do any this. I don't get any of this. This goes directly to uh, Wrestling Inc. Where Wrestling Inc. Um, well, he's on. The, I might as well just say it for him. Um, where he um, Raj takes these um, funds that you guys do put in and puts it toward better production value. Me getting a microphone finally that works, um, and and paying the guys like ourselves that do this show. Um, so I wish I, that was a, an incredibly cool thought of yours, though. Um, hit me up on Twitter. Let me follow you back and find other uh, avenues so you can help if that's something you're looking to do. I think that's really amazing. Yeah, and this has already been sent, so I'll, I can send this to you separate, Matt, so you can uh, you know use it for um, you know whatever the best way is for for your city. He wants to help somebody out. I want to get with him specifically, just so I. Unfortunately, I got to keep. It sounds corny, but I got to be able to create a public record. I can't use my right. office to gain any kind of financial gain. Yeah. To prove that I'm. It's not. It's ridiculous, but I see why they do it nonetheless. Because yeah. you got jokers that don't know what they're doing and take advantage of their situation. For, for sure. Or Ben Frank, if you want to uh, DM really cool. me on where to where to send that to, and I can I can do that as well. So it's from me to where else. I'm really happy. cool though. That's amazingly cool of you. Thank you. And speaking of Mr. Mayor, I like the video of you on the uh, the new BMX uh, track you guys got going in Longwood. I don't ride no bikes until I was like 15. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. All right, so moving along here, uh, we get our first match of the night, and it is a Raw women's title match uh, between Asuka and Becky Lynch. So this kind of that's got that pay-per-view feel. We got the uh, champion. Where did this come from? Was this advertised and I missed it? I don't I don't. I didn't see if it was advertised. Raj, was it? No. Wait, wait, what is this? Oscar versus Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they set oh, it up last week. Okay. Yeah, on Raw. For this week. Yeah, they, they said Oscar uh, issued or Becky Lynch issued one of them issued a challenge. I'm forgetting yeah. who else. And then later in the show, they said it would happen this week on Raw. Big match, you know, okay. for Raw. I thought that was cool. Yeah, big match. They gave it the the, the championship match entrances. Uh, they gave it the time. Uh, it was good. I like. Yeah. It. Yeah. Very, very entertaining back and forth match. Um, this this is one if you're listening to us for recommendations, go back and watch. Um, Becky Lynch wins with the what? How'd she win? She won. It's kind of like a rock bottom. She uh, it was not a submission. They, they they it was a nice fun sequence here of uh, you know some back and forth pin attempts. Uh, Becky, you know, I think she ducked like a kick and then this and that. And she basically just did, like a variation of a rock bottom. Um, but she gets a pin. But she gets a win via pinfall nonetheless. Uh, so she gets the win. And then as she's celebrating. Shayna Baszler, uh, who had been in NXT, she comes from behind, attacks Becky, and then be, proceeds to take the the uh, mouth guard out that she normally re- wears. Shayna does, and 
bites into the back of Becky Lynch's neck to lift, and then Shayna, you know, lifts her head back up, uh, and it's just, you know, dripping blood. And that's the visual here of Shayna Baszler's debut and uh, start with Becky Lynch here on the, on the Raw roster. I, I don't know what to make of that. <laughs> I, I don't know what to make of that. I kind of laughed at first, but then part of the wrestler in me was like, hmm, I wonder where they did that. Like, they must have done this in Becky's hair somehow, where they had, like, a little shooter full of crap to be able to shoot all over her chin full of, to make it look like she has blood. Um, I wasn't thinking about, wow, that dastardly heel bit into her neck. How could she do such a thing? Do you know what I mean? Because it was so over the top and so she'd be arrested. Wouldn't she be arrested? I don't know. <laughs> like, wouldn't something more bigger, like something big time happen to her, like ramification wise? Um, <laughs> well, first off, I got to say, I thought this match was awesome. I thought this was one of Becky's best matches in a long time. I think this yeah. is the best match that Becky and Asuka have had together. Um and then Becky had been kind of losing the crowd lately, like once her match starts, and that did not happen here. The crowd was into it. Uh, the match got better as it went. Very importantly, they put it at the right time of the show this time. They did not screw them over by putting them at the popcorn match or putting them like second to last in. After Brock Lesnar just came in and lit the freaking arena on fire or, you know, something crazy like that. The placement right. of this match was good, too, and I thought that was important as well, but... Would Raj stop ducking? Tell me about no. the blood. <laughs> I was about to move to that. Um, but uh, the biting itself, I thought, was a cool idea. Like uh, it's something vicious. It's different. We haven't really seen it in WWE. But when she immediately just got up and her face is covered in blood, it looked it looked hokey as hell. So it's one of those Waller, mixed back things. Jerry Lawler ruined it. Whoever said yeah. the vampire, I was like, oh, you. Uh. Yeah, it just takes all the seriousness out of it, right? When you. Compared to Gangrel right off the bat. So I, I thought that was the, it was a mixed bag because it was a cool, memorable way. But then all that blood, it looked so fake. It looked too fake. And um, I think there was a way you could do it to make it more gritty and uh, and just make it more more dirty, you know, more more violent. Here's the thing. If somebody bites somebody, I don't know if you guys have ever been in a fight before, but like, if you've ever been... Like my older brother is the only time I could think of when I've had to bite someone when I was a kid and a fight getting my butt handed to me. He's bigger than me. I couldn't get him off me. Um, that's the only time I could think of where it makes sense to bite someone. Just to outright, that's your first offensive move to someone who's laying prone where you can pick them up, <laughs> power bomb them, rock bottom them, you know, do anything you want to them. You choose to put your mouth around their neck and bite it? Like, <laughs> Yeah. It doesn't feel believable. Like a biting action is going to happen out of a reactionary sequence. When you, like I just said, you can't get, I can't get my brother who was like 100 pounds bigger than me at the time off of me. There's no getting him off me. He was pummeling me with punches too. It broke my nose at this point and all, all bets were off. The only way to get him off was I bit him in the stomach to get him off me. Um, it's reactionary when you yeah. bite someone. Like Mike Tyson was getting worked. His, right. head, his, his mouth was right over there. So what did he do? Took a bite. Yeah. You know, it's, I don't know. I don't necessarily think that's a lead offensive maneuver to go with. It's only <laughs> prone. Yeah, no, I, and I, Matt, I think you bring up a great point. It, it is, I think it might have been more effective if Becky comes in, her and, or excuse me, Shayna comes in, her and Becky start swinging each other. Maybe Shayna starts, you know, Becky's starting to get the better Shayna. Yeah. Shayna just grabs her and bites her. I, I do think that yeah. from a logic standpoint, yeah, it is weird. Um, there was all there was way too much blood for what the action was for how short it was, <laughs> uh, but that all said, I, I do want to give them credit for trying to be creative. Trying, yeah, trying to yeah. do something yeah. different. Oh, no, you're right on that. We you should. know, Shayna, Shayna, her face, 
she looks different anyway. So when having her face with blood dripping, albeit too much blood, and so whatever. But I like that they try to do something memorable. And what I also like, and this was new, Raj, for Raw. They do it for SmackDown, and they've done it for NXT. But doing the picture-in-picture during commercial break for Raw, that has not been a regular thing. And they went to break. They stayed with Becky getting all the treatment and fighting with the MTs, followed her all the way to the backstage. And that's not, again, just stuff we don't normally see on Monday. And I felt that helped a little bit. The, the back end of Becky selling it at least was they followed through. It wasn't like they just cut away to commercial and all of a sudden they went to a uh, a funny backstage yeah. segment for WB shop, you know? Yeah. And Phil, Phil real quick. Thanks for the donation for the $5 donation. He wrote that, uh, Becky stole an ambulance. I got arrested when I was 12 for stealing a bicycle. Love you guys. Never miss a show. Um, I think the, the one thing with Becky stealing an ambulance is that it takes me back to Austin, you know, when he would do that and it was so much cooler back then. Um, but, you know, I can't blame that on Becky. It's just the watered-down version of WWE we had today. To your point, Justin, that the the doing the angle during the commercial, uh, that reminded me of AEW. They were the ones, you know, they yeah. have been doing that. Whereas WWE, they usually only do it during a match. They don't do it during uh, a segment. So well, I, did, I liked it. I liked it, too. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, uh, it was overall. I thought it was more of a positive than a negative. This the 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 whole thing. It was just, it was too. But it's one of those things. I think if my friends saw it, they would th- just oh, like non wrestling fans, they'd be like, "Oh my god, that's so fake." That would be their reaction, not like, "Oh my god," you know, like. And I felt like it's a misdirection. So she's fighting with the MTs this whole time, and then she goes decides that she's going to steal the ambulance. Like, wh- wh- why? And or I thought there's another chance there to have Shane out there at the ambulance and he can keep it going again. I don't know. I just felt like it was why, 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 if she's fighting medical treatment, why is she then going to take herself? To it the was literally a check, because it was a checklist they produced of how do we make Becky look like a bigger badass? Doesn't have to make sense. Let's just have her beat up everybody. Let's have her say no to any kind of help possible because that makes her tougher and cooler. And and you know what? Let's not let them drive her. She's going to drive herself because that's even tougher. It's like a stupid checklist of how we're going to make Becky look tougher and cooler. Grand Theft Auto. They went through every one of them. <laughs> Becky, Shana should have been arrested for biting. Becky, Becky should have been arrested. <laughs> yeah. You, you can't, it's wrestling. <laughs> All right. Well, it is wrestling. Uh, we continue on with Mojo Rawley and Riddick Moss in the ring. They, come, they get... Uh, they get received by the Street Profits. Street Profits, very over. Big reaction for them tonight mm-hmm. in their entrance. And they got on the mic and just did some uh, just some verbal squashing of Mojo and uh, Riddick on the mic. Street Profits get the win. Um, not not a real surprise here. I mean, Raj, why even give Mojo Raleigh and Riddick Moss TV time if you're just going to roll it out and have them just lose like this? Yeah, Riddick, right off the bat, you're, you have him in a segment where they're squashed by Drew last week. And then this week, he's he's the one beaten in like, you know, a minute by the Street Profits. It leads to him winning the 24-7 title, which might be even worse. <laughs> like just caps it off uh, an already bad start to an even worse start. But I just don't get why you bring someone up if you, they're, you're automatically putting them in that enhancement talent role. Especially with someone like Riddick Moss, who's a great athlete, who has a, you know, a cool look. I, I just feel like there's more you could do with them to start than present them in this way where you're automatically putting them with your, your C, uh, the C-level pushed talent. Yep. Now, what do you think of the Street Profits? They're good. They're over. Um, I just feel, you know, in a day and age where body guys are a dying breed, you know, I wouldn't be, again, EC3, this guy from tonight, Riddick Moss, 
um, and others that they do have, they need to do more with because it's a complete reversal of the landscape of pro wrestling now. Everybody's these tiny little flip-flop and fly guys that are 180 pounds wrestling in the main event in heavyweight division now. Um, and that's cool. But you, they've done it. They have so much of that now that when I do see a body guy, it sticks out now even more to me. And they need to make good on that. They need to build some of these guys, not just the Bobby Lashley, but others along the way as well. And having him come out and just, you know, do the job, you know, in the meaningless tag match like that is stupid, you know. But, oh, but he won the 24-7 title. Okay, at least that's something. Yeah, great. But Well, that's a bad sign for that title. At least, you know, at least as ridiculous as it was. And, and think about this. The 24-7 title has been around since the summertime. We're, we're coming up on a year, and it's going to get a year faster than we, than, we, than we can think. At least it had an identity of being the goofy conga line hardcore title of the day and age where everybody can win it now they're kind of even doing away with that now it just makes it look like a really shitty title to have yeah i mean well they're still running away from each other (laughs) and they were they tried that storyline with mojo that lasted like two weeks where he was going to just defend it and not run away and we're eh, we're back to where you know where we were yep Back to uh, where we were. Fun see. times with games. Thanks for the donation, uh, the one ninety nine. Uh, you wrote the twenty four seven title needs to go in the trash already. You know, last week when Drew beat him, that would have been a good time to do that because he beat Mojo, who's technically, you know, you're always defending that title, right? Uh, that would have been a good yeah. time for Drew to just chuck that in the crowd and say this this thing sucks. <laughs> in his exact words <laughs> in a Scottish accent this one sucks alright uh, well speaking of Drew McIntyre uh, <clears throat> coming up next we get uh, MVP MVP back on Raw this time uh, not in tights but he's uh, in the suit looking looking as MVP can do for uh, a, 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 it's been a long time the, the VIP lounge and he has uh, Drew come out and this is a kind of a great time where first he's Kind of, uh, he, 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 he's kissing Drew's ass. Drew basically calls him out on that. Says you're always an ass. You've always been an ass kisser. This and that. And and basically, MVP's trying to proposition, tell Drew, stop worrying about everybody else. Stop worrying about even what social media says. You know, you kind of you need some kind of a manager, somebody to look out for you. Is essentially what happens. Yeah, he's uh, saying, but people are saying behind his back that he can't. He, it's he's, yeah. it's not his he's time. He's not ready. Right. But he can help him get to that that level. Uh, and Drew, uh, Drew not buying it. And uh, Drew, uh, I like it. Uh, obviously, he's got a. You're gonna have some physicality with MVP, and he, he uses a, the the headbutt <laughs> to get to get MVP down, and then hits him with a claymore kick uh, after doing the, the the three the the one two three countdown, and then uh, Drew does a little ball and gesture. I'll tell you, Matt Drew McIntyre no longer has the heel restraints. He now is a little more loose. He can play to the crowd. He can be funny. He can be, this this feels like Drew McIntyre is really settling in. He looked like a star, a big star tonight, just physically his appearance. How he was dressed, how he physically looks all the time. He just, you know, I think he's he's always screen main event talent. Um, but tonight, I think he delivered on the mic as well. Yeah, to your point, Justin, he 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 totally seemed really loose. He didn't seem awkward, like all of a sudden having to be a babyface when he's been a heel for so long. He seemed comfortable. Um, he seemed like he was having fun, and uh, even the WrestleMania pointing he made that work. Uh, you know, at the end of that segment, it was MVP first got in Drew's face, uh, you know, saying, you need me and, you know, getting in his face, which, you know, prompted Drew to react. So it, it wasn't like a heelish move to an old friend either. So 
I thought, man, I thought Drew looked awesome here. He's really, um, he wasn't doing sexy Drew stuff, so that was good. And he, he, he seemed awesome. We're still seven weeks out, and we'll do a lot of Mania pontificating in the seven weeks. But, like, if Drew gets all the way to Mania, has a competitive match against Brock, but does not beat Brock, mm-hmm. are they still doing okay by Drew? Or is this a he needs to win or it's all or nothing type of thing? He needs to win. I think he needs to win. When, you, when you're just putting the, the rocket strap on somebody, um, and we saw it with Luger. Remember when... Uh, this is his first major feud, uh, you guys. He has to win. Do you see what I'm saying? It's not just he's had three feuds and then built up to Brock and then loses. This is his first feud out the gate with the rocket. Yeah. Justin Lopez with the $2 donation. Thank you. No, noting that Brock Lesnar missed his first Raw of 2020. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Uh, but I was going to make the point of Luger and uh, Yokozuna. Remember they had that feud going into SummerSlam and then Luger yeah. didn't win the title. He beat him by countout. Just lost a ton of steam and Luger's career was never the same. You got to strike when that iron's hot when you're building that baby face. Wait, what did I miss? Brock missed his first what? He's been on Raw every 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 Monday of the... Uh... So far this year. Oh, okay. That's like five, what, five or six Raws? But yeah. it's, a, it's a record for him in, in, in this day and age. Yeah, we were talking about physiques. Maharaja, thanks for the donations. Noting I agree that, with those. Yeah, Alex Riley, Ryback, and Mason Ryan were animals. WWE <laughs> screwed, man. Mason Ryan, I thought, was like a sure thing in WWE. He looked too much like Batista. Yes, yeah. too much. He almost had to like dye his hair or something to, to change it. Yeah. Alex Riley looked good, split off from the Miz, but he, as he's always alluded to, there was just politics that seemed to yeah. uh, better him. He had some heat with Cena. Well, I wasn't going to name drop Cena, Raj, but there you go. <laughs> no, he he just talked about it. Alex <laughs> Riley just talked about it I a know. couple weeks ago. So. I know. I know. All right. Uh, keeping it going here. Um, Angel Garza, who, of course, has uh, Zelina Vega by his side for right now, up against Cedric Alexander, uh, this definitely a match to let uh, Garza shine, and he did. Uh, I like some off. I like some of the offense I saw out of Garza here. I like that was impressive. Garza gets the win. Uh, Matt, you like some of his offense? I did. Yeah, I like that he's with uh, Vega. Mm-hmm. I like that. The, I, I like that the most. I kind of like this a little bit. Be- Honestly, I kind of like this a little bit better than I like Andre uh, Andrade Andre Andrade and and Vega. I feel like Garza, he's got a lot of natural charisma, like just a natural heelish, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. which, yeah, I like him. I mean, uh, I think he's, he's got a ton of potential. He's, he's a, better He's better as a heel. He looks and screams babyface if you just look at him, right? like just physically. But uh, his all of his body language, all his isms, all the stuff that make him who he is, is definitely he's, he's much more comfortable as a heel. Ripping off the pants before he beats you. <laughs> that I don't like. That's, yeah. that's a heel move. <laughs> Dicky, yeah. That's awesome. I think that's good. Uh, yeah. Might be Rick Rude in a lot of ways. Like, uh, I don't know. Kind of jerky. Yeah. I don't know. He's just trying something, man. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I, I, you know, I think, you know, I guess the Rick Rude, I think, you know, Jerry Lawler, the strap come down, comes down and means business, <laughs> but the tearing of the pants just kind of something, something funny to me. <laughs> Maybe it'll grow on me. Remember when Rick Rude used to have the, or he when he did have Jake Roberts's uh, wife's pants, uh, his her face on his pants, and he'd have another layer on and rip yeah. them off and <laughs> be somebody else. Yeah, yeah. he's done. Yeah, yep. Yeah. It's like with Velveteen Dream. That's what I thought about with yeah. Velveteen Dream last week on NXT <laughs> with the on his tights. All right, so we got backstage. We got uh, Rhea Ripley being interviewed. 
and uh, talking about how you know Rhea has still is she still waiting on Charlotte to give her an answer? Rhea talking about how she does not wait. Uh, Rhea is then interrupted by Sarah Logan, and Logan basically, who the hell do you think you are, is coming in here to our show. Uh, this ultimately leads um, to a Sarah Logan versus Rhea Ripley match, uh, where Charlotte Flair comes out as watching from the stage. Uh, no surprise here, Rhea Ripley uh, gets the win. And uh, still no answer after the match, correct, Rob? We still, Raj, we didn't get any, any. They're still dangling out there. All we know is Rhea's got her match against Bianca Belair at Takeover Portland. Yeah, they have Takeover the Sunday, so maybe Charlotte goes there. I think it's good they don't announce it before this. You know, Rhea Ripley defends against Bianca Belair. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of you guys are. I, I know Matt, you're a, huge on Rhea Ripley. I think Rhea Ripley has a cool look and everything. But again, seeing that backstage promo, she does not look like someone that's ready for that big mania match spot neither was goldberg neither was brock lesnar um you you you, they protected them Mm -hmm. she should not be out there cutting world beater promos yet she should be playing to her strength they should be playing to her strengths and hiding her weaknesses her strengths are her look her physicality in that ring her believability in that ring and the minute you start having these people talk too much or put in segments that don't make them really look that great you start to lose some of that suspension of disbelief that make them look like monsters. She should have eaten Sarah Logan for breakfast, like mid first word out of her mouth backstage. The minute she got into her shot, she should have literally taken the camera, smashed it over her back, then power bombed her through the damn set that instead of having the match. Um, she's a badass. You got to book her like a badass. Um, it also doesn't make her look good when you have Charlotte Flair picking, you know, coming out and picking and choosing when she's going to, if you want that title to mean something, you know, Charlotte should have been begging her for the, for this. And I still don't like the fact that she had to go to Charlotte and call her out on this. I think it makes it look, look less important than the other two titles when they yeah. have golden opportunity to take the top women's wrestler in their company and say, you know what? F Becky F uh, what's her name on SmackDown Bailey. I want this girl because she's the it girl right now, and I want her title. That yeah. should have done it. Absolutely, it makes it seem like she's makes it seem like uh, Rhea Ripley's desperate to face a big name. You know, mm-hmm. like she needs a, a big name because she doesn't have one. I, I agree with you one hundred percent, Matt. Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like Triple H and NXT try to rectify the situation because yeah, to what you guys just said, they they went backwards having um, Rhea chasing down Charlotte. And then when Charlotte appears on NXT last Wednesday, you know they have Charlotte, you know, put Rhea, put Bianca over. You know, Charlotte gave him a nice rub, but it's like it shouldn't be this way. Yeah, it should be Charlotte rec- recognizing that she's beat these other girls. She wants, she wants this new hot talent. In so, fact, I want to see some self doubt in Charlotte. Do you really want to get Rhea over? Let's see some self doubt in Charlotte along the path there. That's what I really would have liked to have seen with this entire angle. It really would have gotten Rhea over even that much more. Well, time can both be a blessing and a curse for them. There's a long way to go to WrestleMania, so that means that could be a blessing that they could go, so they could d- dive into some layers like that, Matt, or it could be a curse where they could make this even worse in the next seven weeks. So we'll yeah, see. I think it's clear that Rhea Ripley's not comfortable with scripted promos right now. And um, Sarah Logan, she, I don't know what it is. She's changed something about her. She looks like 10 years younger. She's That's skinny. Random, she dropped weight. Oh, I was going to say, she has random crap over her face. That yeah, but she, she dropped point. a... Yeah, she has that, but she dropped a considerable amount of weight. Yeah, she she looks so much younger now. It kind of really stood out to me. But um, her and Cedric Alexander in the previous segment with uh, Angel Garza, it's clear they're uh, uh, they're being used as enhancement talent right now. 
All right, so as we move along on the show, it's actually kind of a, a chance to insert one of the news items as they're promoting what's going on, what's still to come in the show. They also cut away for a promo for one of the news items we have tonight, which is they announced WrestleMania 37 next year. WrestleMania 37 is going Hollywood as they're going back to Los Angeles, California. Raj, you're going to go to L.A. next year? Uh, I mean, I I have to. I go to... I'm probably not going to be there for Mania itself like every year to stay until the, the big event, even though I do want to go to that stadium. Uh, is it SoFi? SoFi Stadium is the name of it? Mm-hmm. So it's... Uh, Theoretically, should hold over a hundred thousand fans. So this could be, you know, on par with at least, you know, uh, with the WWE attendance, what they claim their attendance to be. Um, at Dallas, uh, at Dallas, yeah, in WrestleMania 32. So, uh, yeah, should be awesome. Uh, it's it's been kind of known for a while that this was happening. The LA Times reported it last year. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Why don't I care where they have WrestleMania? Like, I'm serious. Every year where they say that it is, it feels like they're in Florida like every other year. But <laughs> well, they are. Here, like, even when I was with the company, I was there at WrestleMania 20 Madison Square Garden. They did this big production about the following year. I want to say it might have been Hollywood, actually. Or Chicago. I forget where. But it made a big production. I was like, I don't give a shit. Like, who cares where it is? <laughs> well, you know what I do care is when it's New Orleans because I think that is the coolest WrestleMania city. I don't know if you've been there it for... Is. Yeah, but on Bourbon Street, because you have that one street, you have, you know, it's just going crazy. Tons of wrestling fans. It's like a a three-day party, four-day party, whatever. Uh, That's the one where, you know, I think it is really awesome. But I agree, all the rest... You still got to drive to the stadium. It's not like there's central areas um, that I can think of. Don't people watch it from home like I do? I think WrestleMania nowadays, that weekend, between the number of wrestling fans, it's easily probably about 100, 120,000. Um, it, it, it's become, I mean, this this will be my 12th Mania, and this is, it's become, I, I've seen some of the same fans every year, and I've seen fans, Australia, international fans, they take two weeks off of work. They oh, take I know one, that, yeah. They take, yeah. You know, it, I mean, it, it's so cool that they turn this into their part of their family vacation or whatever the case may be. I think, you know, and I agree, out of all the cities, New Orleans is the best one just because of the way it's set up. But I think people, I think it becomes a big deal because the fact that you act, this is the one time you have cities chasing WWE down, bidding on it like they do the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just did it, I just got interviewed by the Tampa Bay Business Journal or what have you, uh, talking about, you know, as we're talking about the business of like what the economic value that WWE brings to these cities. So I think that it's the interesting. they interview you for? You don't even live here. <laughs> They, well, they didn't want. It didn't matter if I lived there. They wanted. They wanted. They wanted uh, knowledge, Matt. Uh, My knowledge spreads across the world, no matter where I'm at. <laughs> All right, I'm putting myself over. All right, um, keeping going. Ricochet versus Bobby Lashley with Lana. Now, Matt, you have Ricochet getting ready to go up against Brock Lesnar in Saudi Arabia. So you can't Terry have Waller completely buried him. By the way, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, like, let me set the scene here. So you have Ricochet versus Bobby Lashley with Lana. Ricochet can't lose, and you need to put him over as best you can because he's going to challenge Brock. But then you have Bobby Lashley with Lana, and like Bobby's been on the upper, you know, he's been beating Rusev and this and that, and like so. I was figuring, okay, Rusev's got to come out and cost Lashley the match, or Lana turns on Lashley or something. But we have King burying Ricochet on commentary, but Ricochet <laughs> Ricochet beats Lashley clean. What the f were they doing here? <laughs> I mean, you guys think for a second that there may be a three-way possible with I thought like Rusev would cause interference, therefore 
maybe a double DQ there somehow, and therefore it's Bobby and Ricochet versus Brock Lesnar three way. I think that wouldn't have been smart though. I think they need to save Bobby versus Brock. Yeah, Lesnar. that's what I think. But I don't think they should have been beating Bobby here either. Bobby yeah. is just coming. The, their biggest angle that they've had it has been this Lana Lashley yeah. stuff, yeah. and to be taking him out of that. He, he dominated Rusev and then just be losing right off the bat. I think it's just a bad move. He's a top heel now. Keep him like a tr- top heel. Have Ricochet beat somebody else. There's plenty of guys you can beat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Lawler, you know, his commentary didn't bother me that much because that's how Ricochet's been portrayed lately. So he's kind of giving the, crowd, or the audience that vibe like, oh, this guy doesn't have a chance. And then he wins. And to make the audience believe like, oh, well, maybe Ricochet can beat Lesnar, although no one expects him to. Bobby Lashley's WWE career, think about this. His managers escorting him to the ring consist of Lana, Leo Rush, and Donald Trump. <laughs> what a collection. <laughs> what a collection for Bobby Lashley. What a what a book he's gonna have. I would have liked any of those three managers. I think that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm not putting any of the three of them down. I'm not putting any of them down. I'm just saying what a it, it's like it's like Bobby Lashley, Leo Rush, Donald Trump, Lana walk into a bar and fix the punchline back. Yeah. <laughs> that would be pretty interesting. Technically, Trump wasn't his manager. Lashley was representing Trump. <laughs> My favorite Trump. My boy, Bobby Lashley. Come out here, Bobby. Come out here, Bobby. Always, come out here, Bobby. <laughs> um, I was there for that, Manny. That was entertaining. That was yeah. Really that, that still is one of the biggest, uh, I think, the biggest business mania other than the ones with Rock and Cena. Believe it. Um, Z-Riv donated a $5 Super Chat. Thanks, Z-Riv. He says, how much better would this Brock feud be if Aleister Black would be getting the push instead? Here's the thing. It's not a push. It's building to a throwaway match that's going to be forgotten, right? So yeah. they're just – it's, it's Ricochet is going to be destroyed. It's going to be like Finn at the Royal Rumble when he faced Lesnar last year. You don't think that he gets made in the process? I have a feeling he's going to make him a little. Mm. No? I'm sure, I, I'm sure it'll be like the Brock and Finn match where Finn looked you know, pretty good. But after that match, not Finn – Daniel Bryan to... good, though? No? I don't see it. Not Brock Daniel Bryan good. I'm hoping for that. Okay. I, uh, Ricochet's just not, uh, yeah. you know, Brock, in, in terms Brock, of importance. Brock Bryan was masterful. Yeah. With the, the, the psychology and the way that match went. I don't think we're going to get that with, with Ricochet. Yeah. That match was so good. It was. It was. No, I, I, to whoever made that comment, I don't want Black. I, I, again, it's kind of like with the, what I asked earlier about Drew. I don't want Black near Brock unless he's beating Brock. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, he Alistair Black at this point should not be a throwaway victory for, no. for Brock. Uh, and we will get to some Alistair Black here uh, soon. Um, so this, here we get what is, which for my money is probably, again, the segment of the night, and it's really just, I mean, stealing Raw every week, and it's Randy Orton. Randy Orton, for folks just following along with us, obviously he had the vicious attack on Edge. Last week he did not give any explanation. He just worked the crowd, got the reaction, just left. Comes out again tonight. Fans again booing him heavily, and just as Orton starts to speak, he basically says, "You know, it hurt him more than it hurt Edge." Talking about his actions to Edge, and that's all he could get out because he's interrupted by surprise, Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy comes out, big pop for him naturally, and Matt Hardy just cuts a masterful promo, babyface promo, uh, pulling from real life, so it's not a lot of manufacture. Basically, Matt Hardy talking, you know, alluding to the history he's had with Edge, both professionally and personally, noting that at one point in time, nobody disliked Edge more than he. 
talks about how they became friends, how they were friends, came friends again, talking, you know, really just puts color to Edge's comeback from this injury after nine years, puts some sympathy to it. It eventually leads to Orton trying to RKO Matt. Matt stops it. They brawl for a minute, but then eventually Orton hits the RKO out of nowhere and then grabs two chairs and concertos Matt Hardy right on the head. Um, great stuff. Why couldn't they use Christian for this is what I kept wondering, honestly. Matt was awesome in this for the record. Um, I loved it. It sucked me in. It definitely did. Randy looked like a bastard again, got even more heat again. Fans love Matt Hardy. Um, that said, though, Christian is Edge's brother. Well, well, well Matt, they're writing Matt. him off, right? Yeah. Like he, His contract is up in two weeks. He's leaving. I think this is the last we see of Matt in WWE. Yeah. Uh, I think I part he's of- already gone and they brought him back. I didn't know. Uh, I thought yeah, he, yeah, I think his contract's up in about 20 days. So I think part of it's a way to write him off. But I also think, Matt, to your point, and I've seen some people on social suggest that, I don't think it's out of the question that we don't see another segment like that with Christian. Or maybe, dare I even say, a yeah. Saudi Arabia match with Christian and Randy Orton uh, as a one-off. Mm. If, if he know? can get cleared, yeah, because Christian had to retire due to concussion issues. So, um, But we've seen... You know, Edge Edge had to retire because of his neck issues. Concussion issues are different, but Daniel Bryan was able yeah. to come back. Um, but yeah, Matt's contract is up. Um, the only thing with this angle that I would have changed is really minor. But Orton was starting to explain himself when Matt Hardy came out and was like, explain yourself. Uh, <laughs> maybe instead have Orton say he's not going to explain himself, and that's why Matt comes out. But outside of that, I thought everyone's great. Matt's showing he's got tons of mileage in the tank. He looks great. Uh, you know, just you look at him, he doesn't look old or anything, uh, and he's clearly got a ton to uh, contribute. So, um, yeah, I think he's been wasted. He was wasted his in WWE this time around. So, uh, time will tell what Matt Hardy's future holds, but uh, that seems to be a pretty clear indication, folks, of uh, the chapter that is coming to a close. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, we get a backstage real quick. Ruby Riot uh, talking to Sarah Shriver, talking and they're asking about how Ruby attacked Liv last week and how they used to be former partners. And Ruby basically saying that Liv, she's always a follower, and Ruby always had to babysit. So, uh, not going to put up with that. None of that. All right, Alistair Black versus Akira Tazawa. More of the same from Alistair Black, and I have no complaints about this. We get the awesome Alistair Black entrance, and then he just uh, pretty much dominates Akira Tazawa once again, hitting that black mass. Uh, with perfection. Shout out to the referee for selling it uh, like he just saw a man get murdered. Uh, Alistair Black, uh, Matt, in a perfect world, who would you want to see Alistair Black? They have to build, obviously, to a big mania match for him. They have to, right? Anybody out there that you want to see? I still think he needs to be built. I I would argue he's just doing job enhancement matches. I want to see him versus that. I'm still yet to see him, you know, gut through a good upper mid-card talent. And then a main event talent, or pre, I'm sorry, preliminary main event talent, and then a main event talent before he gets to that like spot that you're talking about. I don't know why they can't just feed him these people. Yeah, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I was suggesting Sheamus, you, you know, like someone like that, that he level. Needs to work up to a Samoa Joe and beat Samoa Joe. I hate to say it, I don't want to see Joe ever lose, but and yeah, and no 50-50, just straight up. You know, beating him, you know, almost like how they had Lashley beating Rusev every time. But every every match in their series, Black should go over. Um, he's got a cool look. These promos, I don't know what the hell he's saying in these promos, but it sounds cool as hell when he's delivering it. Um, it's almost like the Warrior promos back in the day. Well, where no, tonight, tonight he said he's trapped in a metaphor cage. 
So now we know he's what's in Eric Rowan's cage. <laughs> uh, did they? When was the last time Rowan was out with this cage? I wonder if they dropped that. Uh, last week, right? Last show he had it again. This was the first. This was the first role he didn't have it. Yeah. Uh, Baby Maharaja, thanks for the super chat donation. He says Black's delivery on promos is great, but never lead to anything or make sense. Starting to feel like older Bray Wyatt promos. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, fun times with games pointing out that Aleister Black hasn't lost a match since last WrestleMania. He actually has never been pinned uh, on the WWE main roster, even when he well, was in the tag team why, with Ricochet. Are they saying that on TV? No. No. Why not? I know. Yeah. That was a defeated machine, you know? Yeah. He's never been beaten. Uh, I think that's the one thing with NXT that kind of hurts him is because he has been beaten in NXT, so I wonder if they're afraid of saying that just because... No. And here in WWE, this guy is undefeated. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's easy also, to say he's never been beaten here on Raw. They also try to avoid reminding us of those first couple weeks in Raw when him and Ricochet were randomly a damn tag team and they brought all those NXT guys up for, for shock value. Right. <clears throat> well, uh, we shall see. But uh, Aleister Black's wins continue. Black Mass looks painful. All right, uh, Becky Lynch, here she comes back to the arena, bringing the ambulance back, and she's now strutting into the ring, uh, strutting into the building, rather. So Lynch gets back into the ring. Wants the mic, she's screaming for Shayna. Where's Shayna? Uh, she's got her attention. Uh, basically says that, uh, Becky says that Bez- Shayna better find her again before she finds her. Um, toss the mic, so, you know, uh, here we are, is that this is the next feud for Becky Lynch, is her versus Shayna Baszler. Um, you don't think that's a mania match? I mean, I, I, that's probably what it's going to be. And again, this is what's what's weird is in this mania road to mania is we have these weird detours. You have a Saudi show. You still have elimination chamber. So it's hard to say when are they going to when are they going to do what matches? You know, so it's it's still mm. a little early to say for sure that's going to be a mania match, or it could be a mania match, but it has a stipulation. Because it's the second. Or I third. wish they cut these pay per views out. I, I, Matt, I read so many. I would just like to get gassed up for WrestleMania yeah. for these feud enders, but they build it for like three, four months. I'd be down for that. I don't have to see a pay per view every month. I agree, and I hate, I hate having these Saudi shows that have the same production value yes. and look that Mania does. I hate yes. having it a month before Mania. It just feels. Um, just better pyro, even I would argue. Yes, yes, even better pyro. Yeah, I hate it. I this is not a fan. Yeah, a hundred percent. I could see it having one like a, that helps you know build to the matches that aren't set yet for Mania. You know, the Elimination Chamber, the winner that gets the you know the other title shot since you got two titles now. But I think it would be even better if you didn't have any. If it was just straight Wrestle Royal Rumble to WrestleMania. But but yeah, instead you got two, and one is a WrestleMania like event. It takes the steam off, but that's that's that Saudi money. They have no uh, real say. The Saudi uh, government tells them when they want to do it, and then WWE, you know, makes it happen. By the way, speaking of Saudi money, so they announced they, they announced it. I don't know if I have it on my notes here. They announced one of the matches for this next Super Showdown for a some damn trophy that Raj and I were discussing before this, <laughs> and it's got. Andrade, who's back in it. It's got Rusev in it. It's got Lashley, and it's some gauntlet match for a trophy. That's supposed to be. It's crazy. always for a trophy. We just start <laughs> watch. I don't even watch that show, and I know everything's for a trophy. Another trophy. Two wake, two wake trophy. Tag, didn't the tag team get like yeah. world's greatest tag team trophies? Yeah, and yeah. no title shot or anything, just a trophy. 
stupid. This is stupid because you have Andrade, who's coming back. That's his first match after suspension. And he's the U.S. champion. Just make it a U.S. title match. Yeah. Instead of some make-believe trophy that uh, no one even cares about. Yeah, yeah well, it, it is what it is. But, but this might sound stupid. Maybe, maybe Saudi Arabia does not want the United States championship. They want the, this this trophy that is named after their region. That yeah. events in. That could be. It's a possibility. Okay. All right. We get to the main event that everybody's clamoring for. Eight-man tag. Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens, Viking Raiders versus Seth Rollins, Murphy, and the Authors of Pain. Uh, multiple segment match. Again, you got eight talents here. They're not going to go wrong. Fun little sequence of at the end here. Joe has the uh, the clutch submission on Murphy, but uh, while the refs distracted, Murphy's tapping. But Seth sneaks in, hits the curve stomp on Joe. Murphy just falls on Joe. One, two, three, and we're out. So once again, as uh, Raj noted earlier, Rollins, Murphy, Acom, and Razor, uh, they win again. Um, but what does it all mean? This was good though. This was good. Joe looked dominant in this with it by, by getting him to tap out. Like the, he was protected in that loss. They, uh, they've been they've been losing every week though. I, but he had his finisher move. That's just like me. If I carbon footprint the guy's head into the fifth row, right? Guys walk around with no damn head on his shoulders no more, right? And somebody slides in the ring behind me, whacks me over the head with a chair. I pass out, and the dude who's still looking for his head chips, falls, lands on top of me. One, two, three. I'm protected. He Wait, did but, not beat me. Sure, but why not have Joe win? Oh, but, well, yeah. They <laughs> but they're obviously going to they're trying to pour gasoline on this crew. They're obviously trying to get them incredibly amount of heat. Yeah, I just feel like you just turned Joe up well, a little over a they month ago. They can't uh, lose yet, though, either. I don't know why they have to. They, they think that they have to run these guys in teams of four, either. I don't understand that. Factions don't have to always wrestle together at the same damn time. Yeah, but you know when you you know we've talked about this before. When someone turns heel or babyface, it gives them a fresh coat of paint. I feel like you should be giving Joe some wins and some momentum. Here he is beaten in you know one of his first matches uh, since turning babyface. Like, granted, I know what you're saying. They protected him, but he still took the pin. Joe's win loss record on the quote-unquote main roster has to be terrible and and then again the viking raiders in this feud you got the street profits who are over be a good way to elevate them whereas Wait, the viking what? raiders having the viking raiders in this feud i just oh, feel like the oh fans don't care i agree with that and this I, match was good but the viking raiders just aren't over with this crowd well they're not I, over with anybody <laughs> they were over in nxt <laughs> okay well <laughs> yeah, yeah but yeah, they could have beat one of the Viking guys. Exactly. Thank you, Jose Yepes, uh, as opposed to beating Joe. What the hell? As, do- as Dolan as they booked the Viking Raiders, though, for weeks, though, and they had them doing their thing, and they have AOP looking like monsters back with Seth, if they would have let the Viking Raiders out of this and put in a different tag team, you could have you actually built to a collision course of the Viking Raiders versus mm-hmm. AOP for a Mania match. You could actually have had a money match if you would have left them on opposite ends of the spectrum, never to touch each other until to the big show. But they've totally killed that now. Yeah, and Viking Raiders have been beat a lot just in the last you know few weeks. So it's killed their steam. I don't know. I'd, I'd like to see some twists, some, you know, maybe keep these teams apart for a week or two, just have them do something else, just so... Uh, I, I just feel like we've seen every variation of this feud already, and it's going nowhere. 
And of course, we've done some a little. We've done some predicting and uh, outside booking of WrestleMania. Remind everybody if you're going to be in Tampa, WrestleMania weekend on Friday, April third, three to five p.m. at Rick's on the River. Rick's on the River. We are going to have our Wrestling Inc. WrestleMania party. Myself, Matt, Raj, Nick Hausman, Glenn. We're all going to be there from three to five. Free to get in. There's no cover charge at all. It, it does have a, a restaurant portion, so uh, you can be under 21 and be there. Great food, great drinks. We'll sure we'll have some drink specials, the food specials. Uh, come hang out with us. We'll do some Q and A, talk WrestleMania, talk all the things going on in pro wrestling. Again, it's three to five on Friday, April third. Rick's on the river, and we do encourage you. Please go to the uh, event page that is on Facebook. The Wrestling Inc. Uh, page has a has an event for this, and we ask you to try to let us know if you're interested or if you're going to come. Uh, because we're, we're trying to, we're, we're gauging a lot of great feedback. So uh, we hope to see you there. Rick's on the river three to five, just about a mile away from the arena. So if you're going to smack down that night, we no need worry. to advertise it on this is what we need to do. That, that, that ad needs to pop up in front of our fat faces right now. So people can see it and screen capture it while they're still listening to us. Do the we show. have that right? Well, not right now. We don't not we right, have right it. now. We have it somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but already we've, we've got like over uh, close to 150 people either interested or saying that they're going. So uh, very good chance it's going to be, and it's only early February, so very, very good chance it's going to be completely full. So definitely register on there so you're guaranteed your spot. Yeah, indeed. Yep. All right, uh, so that was Monday Night Raw. Uh, Matt, grade it for me. Mm, B minus. B minus. Raj. You know, I'll, I'll go with a B minus too. A lot of good stuff. The ending, I did not care about that main event. <clears throat> I'm going to say C+, because I despise eight-man tags. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's, go into some, uh, let's go into two more news items. We already mentioned WrestleMania's location next year in Hollywood. Uh, how about this? A big announcement by WWE confirming they're actually going to have an interview on Wednesday on one of their social media channels. Simone Johnson, daughter of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, officially signed with WWE and is at the Performance Center now. Uh, own a developmental contract, so uh, obviously big congratulations to her. And I'll just say this: my initial reaction was uh, very exciting, but I do not envy the pressure that this young lady is going to get from the outside world, aka the wrestling fans. Yeah, um, same could be said for Charlotte Flair too, though, right? At first, mm-hmm. think about how few people Rock seem to open. Are though? Let's just be clear across all boards, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, and when you think about the number of you know second, third generation stars that are given an opportunity, but the ones that actually make it, it's not that many. It's it's almost you got an easier foot in the door, but it's harder on you because you're compared to your dads. And and that's and that's exactly the problem we saw. You know, everybody wanted Ted DiBiase Jr. to be exactly like his dad, Million Dollar Man. Now, granted, Ted had a, a good run in Legacy with Orton and Cody. He did, uh, but even Cody in the WWE world faced a similar thing. Uh, Cody is ready. Cody doesn't look anything like his dad. He doesn't remind you of his dad, um, which is tough because everybody wants to book these, these, these talents as their dad. Yes. Mm -hmm. To some degree. They don't, they don't shut up about who their dad was. Yes. Thank God. They didn't, thank God. They didn't put Bray Wyatt in suspenders and have him be IRS junior. Uh, the continuing attack lineage, um, (laughs) you know, everybody wanted Joe Hennig to be Mr. Perfect. Two point, yeah. you know. So when you look at the Mount Rushmore wrestling, we don't, uh, you know, Charlotte's been a case that's worked out for Ric Flair, who on many people he's on the Mount Rushmore. But Stone Cold Steve Austin, his daughters aren't wrestling. Nick Hogan, once upon a time on an MTV show, was going to be uh, going into the WWE. That that ship sailed for Hogan. I mean, Brooke Hogan though was the uh, uh, the knockouts commissioner or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, it, yeah, it, it's a it's a tough thing, but it's exciting. I don't want to damper on it. Congratulations to her. Um, yeah. But yeah, eyeballs yeah. will be on her. And, and she's been at the performance center for a while. She's been you know doing stuff here and there for for quite a while. Only heard positive things from the people I've talked to in the past that have yeah. you know worked with her in the ring. She and she really wants it. She loves wrestling. So. Um, yeah, hopefully it can be a, another Charlotte Fair situation. I remember her when Rock was calling her Pebbles at WrestleMania. Right. Again, WrestleMania 20, Madison Square Garden. Yeah. I was watching Keenan and Undertaker go over their match, and I didn't have a match on the card. So I was going to watch these these guys put together their match and learn. And uh, his daughter, Rock's daughter, was like running in, into the ring and stuff like while they were doing it. Wow. And, um, dude, that, that baby is now a freaking – WWE superstar now? That's crazy how old I am. <laughs> All right. Didn't she do something at the uh was it the Oscars last year where she helped like uh She yeah, she was she would be the she would escort everybody on and off, presenters yeah. and winners. And I think Stallone's daughters did that one year. Yeah. Um yeah. So it's like a common like entry level into the business mm-hmm. kind of position that the that the that the people yeah. that are connected can give their kids to do. Yeah, it's interesting because she has an automatic foot in the door if she wanted to get into movies and TV shows, and she's choosing wrestling. Well, and and that's a great point, right? And her, you know, her social was exploded. Just just for reference, uh, earlier today when I looked at her Twitter and I started following her because I didn't know what her Twitter was, and at the time she was like, the news had just broke. She was like twenty thousand followers, and now she's like, last I looked, like over thirty thousand. So I mean, she, the world is immediately now grabbing to. Oh my God, here's 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 the Rock's daughter who's coming into business. So. Yeah. All right, and uh, one other news item. Uh, this past weekend was the debut of XFL 2.0. Four games, two on Saturday, two on Sunday, uh, a mix between Fox and ESPN and ABC presentations. I thought Fox did a better job, personally. Uh, but the uh, viewership, uh, pretty strong. And really, the, the, the PR was pretty strong on social. I did not see, and I did not just look at people who I followed who are wrestling people. I tried to look at like yeah. worldwide trends, people that aren't. And it was pretty positive. The game kept moving. There was a exci- you know exciting rule changes that made sense, but still kept it competitive. Do we have any numbers back? We do. Yeah. So, here, so here we go. Uh, and Raj, help me out with this because I know you were tracking some of this. So the uh, the first game, which was the DC Defenders against the Seattle Dragons, uh, averaged three point three million viewers on ABC. It peaked at four million Holy for the end sh- for the end of the game, shoot. which is even better, not the beginning. Correct. So. And uh, just for reference. Uh, so the most recent thing we can com- we can compare this to the most recent al- you know alt- alternative league to the NFL is that AAF that was uh, on CBS last year. Followers. I mean, um, viewers. So the yeah so this so this game this inaugural the average three point three uh, this was fourteen percent higher than the two point nine that oh, the wow. AAF averaged, uh, which folded eight weeks later. Yeah, so the AAF they debuted on CBS, so it was also a national network. That one week they did two point. Yeah, two point nine, I believe, and then the following week they did like one million. So it was, it was a steep drop from that first week. The first XFL had a steep drop. We'll have to wait a couple of weeks to see where XFL falls. But the second game on Fox on Saturday, it did drop a little bit. Do you happen to have that on you, uh, Justin? I don't. I'm sorry. What about the second? Wait. What about the second game on Friday? Wait. No. Saturday. So so Saturday. I'll I'll find that real quick. The second. Well, and while you while you look for that, on on more good news for the XFL, it was reported by uh, it was reported by a mainstream uh, pro football reporter just before that DC Defenders game kicked off. The XFL in ticket sale gate revenue 
already surpassed the entire season, the entire eight weeks that the AAF did. So the revenue already before the first game kicked off was better than the AAF. So a good start for them. Yeah. Uh, the second game did 2.77 million viewers. So a drop, uh, 16% drop from the first game. And then on the second day, on Sunday, uh, the, the XFL game did two point two point about 2.5 million viewers. So... Uh, a drop from Saturday to Sunday on ABC. The the Fox numbers aren't in, but uh, ABC basically did a three point three on Saturday, a two point five on on Sunday. So a big drop from Saturday to Sunday. So we can probably expect a, a a decent drop next week. But if they can maintain, you know, in that one and a half million area, um, that's that's better than what the AAF was doing. And the, the AAF didn't fold because of the viewership. They fold because they lost their financing. Yeah, so we'll see. Obviously, the XFL, the first incarnation of it 20 years ago, had a even bigger first week, but it had a sharp drop-off after that. So uh, in about four weeks from now, that'll be a better case to see where the XFL is, is standing. But uh, so far, so good. Good good for them, and it seems like even their uh, merchandise and stuff is selling well uh, by the numbers that I was able to see on, on their shop. So good stuff there. Uh, Matt Morgan, final thoughts for tonight. Anything to plug? Final thoughts. Nope. You guys know where to find me on Twitter at BP Matt Morgan, Instagram at BP Matt Morgan, Facebook Matt Morgan for Longwood. Raj? Uh, keep checking out wrestlinginc.com. Uh, and uh, we got a ton of cool interviews as always coming up. So uh, daily exclusives. We just had Flip Gordon recently. Um, and we have a ton of others. Triple H's uh, NXT conference calls this week. Wow. We'll have that. We had Tessa Blanchard's conference call last week. Uh, the the earnings call, the controversial earnings call, where WWE basically said that uh, they're probably going to be dropping pay-per-views from the network and moving it to another service, which we talked about over the weekend. Um, so, yeah, uh, a lot of great. It's an exciting uh, time. A lot, of, a lot of stuff's happening right now. The business is changing. WrestlingInc.com is a place to be to catch all the changes. Follow me at Justin LaBar again. Big reminder, Friday, April 3rd. Join us at Rick's on the River from 3 to 5 p.m. All of us and more. We will uh, see you Wednesday night. I will not be there, but we'll see you Wednesday night after NXT and AEW. Take care. Thank God you ain't going to be there. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs>